Uh, my, my mind goes to the place my mind always goes, ice cream. Ice cream. Like, why, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about ice cream? Why does thinking of something that is hidden in plain sight remind you of ice cream? Well, it's because I love Baskin-Robbins. I love to go to Baskin-Robbins. And I have a power plant up here for you guys just to show you. Um, if you guys didn't know, the sign for Baskin-Robbins actually has the number 31 hidden right inside it. I'm sure you guys knew that one. That's kind of an easy one. Um, but I didn't notice that until I was many, many times into Baskin-Robbins and I was a seasoned season veteran. Uh, so it represents the, the original thir- 31 flavors of Baskin-Robbins and they like to have it on their sign. And it's kind of hidden in plain sight. And this next one, I just found out yesterday, Toyota. Did you know that the Toyota sign has all the letters of the word Toyota? I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I drive a Toyota. I drive a Toyota Corolla, and it is the best car ever made. Uh, it will last you for 20 years. I highly recommend you guys invest in a Toyota Corolla. Uh, the next one is FedEx. I don't know if you knew, but in FedEx, between the E and the X, there's actually an arrow that points. If you guys see that for the first time, like I did, I know you did, I just saw your brain pop inside your head. So the FedEx sign is an arrow. It's right there between the E and the X, and you'll never unsee it. Once you see it, you won't even see the FedEx sign anymore. There you go. You guys are getting it. You guys are getting it. This is something you'll never unsee. You'll never forget it. All right, all right, all right, all right. The next one, I also, I love ice cream. I also love chocolate. Toblerone. Toblerone, I don't know if you've ever had it, but I devour Toblerones. And one thing I never noticed was there's actually a bear just hidden in that mountain. If you see it, there's a, there's a little bear right there. And the reason I bring this up is there's so many times in life, there's so many times in life that things can be before us, that they can be so evident right before our eyes, and we totally miss it. And we totally are unable to recognize what it actually is. And I bring this up because in this passage, Jesus is speaking to the crowds. He's speaking to thousands and thousands of people in parables. Now, parables were designed to illuminate truth. They're designed to make things that are spiritual uh, relatable to the everyday person. In this passage we're looking at today, Jesus used the parable of the sower uh, and seeds, and he's talking about farming because so many people in that culture were familiar with farming. It was to help them understand. So that's how parables are usually used. But the way Jesus uses parables is a little different. He, he has two reasons for using them. It's both to illuminate, but also to darken. Uh, it's to help people see but also to blind people from the truth. Uh, And the reason Jesus does this is because for so long in the gospel of Mark, he had been showing people miracles. He had been showing them just who he is, that he's the son of God come to earth to forgive sinners, that he has power and authority to heal. He has power and authority over demons, that he has power and authority to do only things that God can do. And he wasn't just talking about it. He was showing them, but still People refuse to believe this truth. 
So Jesus decides to teach in parables so that those who would accept and believe would see light and it would be illuminated and these truths would make sense to them. But to those who refused it, to those who rejected it, it would become darker and darker so that they could not understand. Uh, So let us read this gospel of Mark chapter 4 verses 1 through 20. We're going to go through 1 to 20, but we're just going to focus on the latter half. But if you have your Bibles open, I'll go ahead and begin reading. In Mark chapter 4, it says, And again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, A sower went out to sow, and he sowed. Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun arose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. They hear Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And when they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are ones sown among the thorns. There are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the word, and, the, the, and it proves unfruitful. But these, sorry, uh, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the ground are on. Those that were sown on the good soil are ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. I know that's a lot to take in. I know there's a lot there. I know Jesus is saying many things, and there's many, many truths to hear from this passage. But if we had to land somewhere, if we had to just focus on one verse if we had to just give our attention to one place in this passage, I think the best place to land is right there in verse 20, where Jesus, where Jesus ends this parable, his final words of this, this story. It says, 
But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And that brings us to our big idea for today. Our big idea, idea for today is none other than this. It's that genuine faith revolves around hearing, accepting, and obeying the word of God. Genuine faith revolves around hearing, accepting, and obeying the word of God. Here, Jesus is teaching us. He's teaching the crowds. He's teaching his disciples a very simple truth in the form of a parable. Now, he's teaching us about soils and seeds. But what he's actually teaching us as he explains to us in the latter portion of this passage is that these seeds... The seed is the word of God. And the soil is our hearts. It's not just dirt. Uh, Jesus is trying to teach these people. He's trying to teach us a very important lesson. And it's about the condition of our hearts. It's about how we treat the word of God. It's about how we think of Christ Do we, hearing his word, do we, hearing the scriptures, choose to reject him? Or we choose to accept him and obey him? This is what Jesus is trying to teach us here. It's about the condition of our hearts. That brings us to our first point. Jesus describes two, two different hearts here. There's the fruitless hearts and the fruitful hearts. There's the hearts that reject God, the hearts that refuse to submit to him, the hearts that continue in their sin, and there's the hearts that accept God and obey him, the hearts that are repentant for the sins they've committed against God, that see salvation in Jesus Christ and him alone and live for his glory. These two types of hearts, in the first passage, we see a a variety of fruitless hearts. And, and that brings us to our first point, which you can call, you can call it this, hard, hollow, and hungry hearts. The first types of hearts we see in this passage are hard, hollow, and they are hungry. And verses 14 to 19 show us that. I'll go ahead and read it one more time. It says, and the sower sows the words, The the sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. These are hard hearts. And I think some of us in this room, some of us in this very room may have hearts of these condition. Hearts that are hard, hearts that are hollow, and hearts that are hungry. And Jesus wants to show us that. He wants to show us that so that we are not deceived. That we don't claim to follow him when we really do not. Now, hard hearts. What does it look like to have a hard heart? It's it's when someone continually rejects the word of God. When When it has no bearing on them. When they don't care for it at all. It's someone who might come to church every Sunday and hear the word of God proclaimed. But to them, they're just waiting for it to be over. They 
they don't care for it. It means nothing to them. They come and all they want is for it to end. All they want is for the proclamation of God's word to finish so they can go about doing whatever it is that they want to do. They hear the gospel over and over and over again, yet their hearts reject it. They become hard. There's no place for God's word in their life. The next type of uh, hearts we see described as soil is, is the, the hollow heart. Uh, the hollow heart is one that we see that um, they're the ones that when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root. They endure for a while. But when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. This would be someone who loves coming to church, is excited to come to church, is excited to hear God's word. And when they hear it, they say, yes, that's true. I believe it. I like this. I love what's going on here. But when trials of life come, when things get difficult on account of the word, what does it mean for things to get difficult on account of the word? It means when it comes time to obey God in the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the risk of, of losing something that you care about, at the risk of losing friends or respect or popularity, at the risk of, uh, of, of being harmed, when you choose to reject God's word because you are afraid, you're afraid of the other things in life, when things get hard, when, when your friends ask you to come with them to do something that you know is wrong to do, that you know goes against God's word, that is it's dishonoring to God, yet you choose consistently to reject God's word. And you let those trials, you let those tribulations cause you to reject God. This is hollow. There is no root. Uh, in the passage above, when, when Jesus is talking about the soils at first, he describes these as, 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 as seed that's thrown among thorns. And what happens with thorns, it's like thorn bushes. Uh, if you guys have ever gardened or your parents have a garden, maybe your mom likes to garden, and you see, you see grass or plants come up, but then you see these little, little thorn bushes come up as well. Uh, you know that you have to get rid of them. You know that you've got to dig them up, dig them up by the root, and toss them out. If not, they, they, take, they take all that is of nourishment. In this, in this instance, it's like the sun beaming down and, and causing these weeds to, to dry up. And these are, are hollow hearts. The next type of hearts we hear are about hungry hearts. These hearts care more for the world. They care more for the pleasures, the riches, the desires of this world than they care for God. Then they care for their relationship with God. And they care to obey God. And they care to have fellowship with God. 
These types of hearts are consumed with everything else. They consistently prioritize other things above their relationship to Christ. They consistently let their own desires, their own selfishness, overcome the commandments of God to love him and obey him and follow him. So Jesus here, he's showing us, he's showing us the condition of the hearts of men. They are hard to his word. They are hollow. They do not withstand. They do not endure. They do not trust God in times of trial and tribulation. And they're hungry. They're hungry for everything else. Anything else that can fill them. When there's nothing that can give them life except his word. Jesus is trying to show us. He wants us to know. He doesn't want us to be deceived about the conditions of our hearts. He wants us to see that that there are only two types of hearts. There's unfruitful hearts and fruitful hearts. There's hearts that reject God and hearts that accept God. That's it. This isn't describing to us different types of Christians. I don't want you to be fooled. There are those who love Christ and there are those who do not. There's no one in between. And these are the fruitless hearts. They're hard, they're hollow, and they're hungry for other things. This brings us to our next point. After speaking of hearts that reject him, hearts that he's seen over and over and over again in his preaching, reject his words. He shows us what a fruitful heart looks like. Jesus teaches us what a heart that loves him looks like a heart that cares for his word looks like and if the three words hard hollow and hungry describe someone who is not a christian someone who does not love god then a humble heart would describe someone who does a humble heart how does this heart show itself to be humble Because upon receiving what is sown, upon receiving the word of God, what do they do? Verse 20, once again, it shows us. What is sown on good soil, they hear the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit. They hear it, they accept it, and they bear fruit. Bearing fruit is is obedience to God and his word. It's taking on the things that he's commanded us to do and doing them. We ask, what what does it mean to hear God's word? What does that look like for us? Simple. It's that when you come before the Lord, when you come before his word, even in church or Bible study, youth group, when the word of God is brought before you, that you listen that you listen, that you listen intently, that you care for what's being said, that you understand that this is truth and I need to know it, that this is truth and I must pay attention. Jesus tells the crowd, he tells them, listen, behold, he wants them to know this. It's important. You have to recognize it. 
That's what it means to hear. It's to pay attention. Listen up. When God's word is being given, we understand that it is God who is speaking to us. So what does it mean to accept it? And there are plenty of people who hear it, but not many who accept it. What does it mean to accept the seed that is sown? What does it mean to accept the word of God? It just means that we believe it, that we trust it. That when God tells us who he is and what he's done, we believe it. We submit to his authority. We submit to his truth. We submit to his holy word and instruction. We accept it. And the last is to bear fruit. This is obedience to the word. It's obedience. What does it mean to bear fruit? What does it look like for us to bear fruit? Uh, I love a passage in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians 5, 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I don't want you to think that bearing fruit means that you're a perfect Christian. In your time when you're in junior high, I don't want you to think that bearing fruit must mean you must look like all those who are above you, all your small group leaders. I don't want you to think, I want you, you should see them as an example, but I don't want you to think that if, if you don't look exactly like them, if you don't serve how they serve or, or see the, the, the character that they have, that, that you are not a Christian. I don't want you to think that. Bearing fruit for you, I love, I love this Pastor Esai in a, in a summer camp. I remember him saying this, and it just stuck with me. It's so helpful that sometimes when you're a young Christian, when you're just starting off in the faith, you've just come to faith in Christ and you've, you've, you've realized that he's forgiven you of your sins and you believe in him, that for you, maybe bearing fruit just looks like repentance. Maybe it just looks like you understanding that you've sinned against God, that you haven't done right, and you bring that before him. And you tell him, Lord, forgive me for what I have done. I know it is wrong. Help me to obey you. I trust in Christ that he has forgiven me. Maybe your fruit just looks like repentance. Maybe your fruit looks like kindness. Showing kindness to your family, your mother, your father, your siblings, your friends. Maybe it looks like peace. That knowing that you've been reconciled with God that you are no longer his enemy because of what Christ has done on your behalf, but that you've been redeemed and you have peace, true peace with him and peace among mankind. Maybe it looks like patience. Uh, When your siblings annoy you till no end and you just want to go off. You just want to get in their face and let them know just how much they, I want to say, 
um, just how awful they are. I'll say it that way. Um, But you know that that's not what the Lord wants from you. So you show kindness. You show patience. Maybe that's what bearing fruit looks like for you. But Jesus wants us to know. He's teaching us that, that those who love him hear his word. They accept his word. And they obey his word. They bear fruit for him. I, I want you to know that I've said that word a lot. I said it again right there, the word. What is the word that Jesus brought these people? What is the word that he had sown? What is this word that's so important that we need to hear it, that we need to accept it, that we need to obey it? What is this word? Jesus had begun his ministry with these words. Repent and believe in the gospel. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. This was the word that Christ was sharing with his people, was that he was the son of God come down to save sinners. That he was the son of God. That he was Messiah. That the people should put their faith and trust in him, that he was the only one who could forgive them of their sins. And the Gospel of Mark would go on to show us just how he did that, that he would choose to come down to this earth as God, live a life of perfect obedience, that he was one who heard, accepted, and obeyed the word of God on our behalf, and that he went up on a cross in love for us, and died for our sins. That our sins, each and every one of them, were placed on him. And his righteousness placed on us. And as he died on that cross, our sins died with him. And then he was raised, giving us new life. Giving us a relationship to God that we did not have. This is the seed that Jesus was, show, was sowing. This is the seed that he wanted us to hear and accept and obey. I pray that none of us here are those who see but do not perceive. I pray that we are not those who hear but do not understand I pray that we should turn away, that we would turn away, that we would repent, and that we would be forgiven. Let us pray. Most Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and thank you so much for teaching us, Lord, about the condition of our hearts. Lord, let our hearts not be hard. Let them not be hollow. Let them not be hungry for other things of this life, Lord. Let us not reject you. Let us not reject your gospel. Lord, help us to have humble hearts that hear, that accept, that obey you because of who you are and what you've done for us. Lord, be with us this day and help us to see you more brightly. Pray this in your name. Amen.